also, what, 9.45 in the morning, 9.47, and I'm recording this right now. Kudos to me, I guess. Anyway, I am Horribly Dummy, and Gabe is technically Mad Thick, although I guess you could say that I am both, but for the purposes of this recording, I am just Horribly Dummy. Uh, and we are still Horribly Dummy and Mad Thick. And in fact, that is what I wanted to talk about uh, to start off, is that, um, you know, these things, recording this is very complicated when you're by yourself because you never really know what to talk about. It's a lot harder to, um, I guess, to maintain a steady stream of consciousness because, you know, it's just you and a microphone. Even though I've done this a couple of times, if you stayed along for the whole Disney movie marathon thing, you know that um, I was not hurting for things to talk about for an hour. Not that this is going to be an hour long. It's not going to be. Because I just don't have that kind of patience right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's taking some adjusting, you know, because uh, Gabe... Congratulations to to one of my best friends. He uh, he graduated and moved back home to Chicago. So good for him. Uh, it's 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 great. I I really am just so proud of him. Proud of you, buddy. Um, in fact, I have our senior recital posters hanging up in my room right now, and also the uh, the pirates up in Zance and the Amal and the Night Visitors poster. And, you know, just stuff that we were a part of together. I still have one of his belts, uh, one of his shirts that he loaned me and that I never gave back. So I will always have parts of him with me. <laughs> Even though he doesn't remember like giving them to me. Um, I actually have two of his shirts. I just remembered that. I think one of them is like a St. Louis Cardinal shirt and the other one is a plain black polo. Um, so yeah, they're kind of mine until he was like, hey, I want those back. I don't know if he would do that because that's just kind of impractical. But if he ever wanted them back, I'd give them back to you. But um, but yeah, Gabe's in Chicago teaching, doing the thing that he's um, wanted to do his whole life. And I am in Starkville still. I am about one year out from graduation, which everybody that's listening to this, most of you already know all of this anyway, but I have to say it for posterity reasons in case one of us gets famous and everybody, you know, wants to listen in on some fun stories from a famous person. And I still didn't teach in the spring. Don't know how that's going to go. I may not even get there. Depending on how this semester goes, this semester has already been wacky and just all around unpleasant at times, even though this is only the third or fourth week of school. There's just been so much going on. But hopefully I'll get there and hopefully I'll be able to do the thing that I've always wanted to do, you know, is just get out and teach. And I think that'll be, that'll be fun. As far as this podcast goes, um, I may end up 
bringing on a guest or two every now and then. Gabe may, you know, if he has any free time, which I seriously doubt he will. Um, he may also want to record an episode or two on his own. Maybe not. It may just be me. I have an extra microphone. I can, I can bring on a guest or two every now and then. But, you know, this this podcast may just turn into a lot of, you know, me providing little life updates and telling little anecdotal stories. I definitely don't want to get into, like, hour-long tirades or anything like that. But um, I do intend on keeping up with this at least a little bit. You know, maybe not frequently, but just enough, you know, for people to listen, for people to have things that... To listen to you know and to pass the time um also i apologize my voice is kind of like tired <laughs> i've done a lot of singing in the last two or three days and yesterday i had a really big interview where i essentially talked for almost 10 minutes um, i don't know if i'll tell you what the interview was about just yet maybe if all things go right then i'll talk about it at some point but uh, for right now, just know that there was an interview for something rather prestigious, and my voice was the exact same way during it during the interview, also. So that was fun. Um, I guess just kind of a little bit more about what I've been up to. Uh, this is my last season in marching band. Go me. I, I don't know if I've ever actually told this story on the podcast, but I know I've told it multiple times in person and through different um, platforms that I have been in marching band since um, the ninth grade. I've been in band period since the sixth grade, but I am... Um, since the ninth grade, I was encouraged to try out for drum major, which is the conductor of the band. Literally everyone who is listening to this podcast already knows what I'm talking about. So there's no re no real reason for me to like provide definitions and things, but I'm doing it for posterity anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I was encouraged to try out for drum major in my ninth grade year of high school after a year of marching in the band at Boomville. And... You know, I didn't get it, which is, you know, fine. I was just kind of gaslighted into trying out before gaslighting was a thing. And then um, I felt like I did good enough in the audition where I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it again. So I tried again my sophomore year and then my junior year. And uh, I never got it. So I tried out at Northeast at the community college level and didn't get it. And then I tried out again um, after my first marching season at Northeast. And I was subsequently told by the band director, no shade, but also kind of a little bit of shade. I was told that if I had had a year of experience, I probably would have been on the podium that year. Or that upcoming year, that upcoming marching season. Which I thought was kind of crazy. But I understood. And then he followed it up with... Um, but you should absolutely try out wherever you go next. And I was just kind of like, um, if the reason that you won't you know, pick me for this 
is because I don't have a year of experience. How am I supposed to try out anywhere else when they're probably going to say the same thing? So I was just a little bit discouraged. Um, that isn't to say that I regret marching for as long as I did. I absolutely loved every season of marching that I was in, except maybe like my sophomore year of high school, but that's a whole different story. Shout out to J40 for that one. Um, but, you know, it was just very disappointing up to the point where I got to uh, Mississippi State. And, you know, there you can't try out without a year of marching experience. So I marched a year on Melophone, and it was quite possibly one of the most fun times I've ever had in marching band. Like, it was just so much fun. The Melophone section was or was slash is so crazy, and they are so much fun, and they always made me feel welcome. They still do to this day. And, you know, I made a lot of really good friends and a lot of really good relationships in that time. And, but at the end of that year, Trevin and I, uh, who also was one of the people that beat me just about three years in a row for drum major, both at Boonville and Northeast, Trevin and I tried out together. And, because you know, we, were, we were thinking that we only had one year left, if that, of eligibility to do anything in marching band. And then we ended up getting it. And we did it together for like two years and now I'm going on my third year of doing it of, of you know conducting the band leading the famous marine band and it's just been nothing short of a dream you know I I never thought that I would get to that point especially looking back to when I was in high school and I was you know getting turned down and not really given a reason why but I, it was just kind of one of those things where I wasn't the right fit and now I am, you know, I'm leading one of the best band programs in the country every day, every Saturday. I mean, it's just been amazing. And I've gotten to do it for three years now. So it's just kind of um, very, I'm, I'm going through a very reflective period right now because there are a lot of things that are just going to be different from this point um i don't know it, it really it's sunk in a lot but it really hasn't hit me i guess that you know this is just going to be over at some point and i'm gonna wake up on a saturday morning and not have to go to the band hall and get everything ready and make sure everything is ready to go and you know hype up the troops and um I won't have to conduct Battle Him and McCarthy anymore, or I won't have to um, meet hundreds of high school students for Marching Honor Band Day, or I won't have to, you know, lock the gate on my way out of the band hall every day. And it's just taking a lot of getting used to um, just thinking about it. You know, I can't imagine actually living it, you know, and actually having to, you know, I guess reconcile with the fact that this part of my life is going to be over soon after I've worked you know almost a decade to get here and it's just going to be over at one point you know um but yeah that's just kind of what's going through my brain right now 
I'm not really getting emotional about it yet or on this podcast. I'm not going to get emotional about it because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm really just here to, you know, talk and provide a little bit of respite from whatever you've got going on, dear listener, (laughs) dear one to two listeners. But I, um, another life, um, live, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, highlight moment maybe another highlight moment of my life um i didn't really do choir until i got to community college yeah i was in a uh, i was in a youth choir at church for about three to four years but i joined the northeast community college choir my freshman year of community college and that's just kind of that was my first experience in choir and i never really considered myself to be that good of a singer and I still don't, you know, but, you know, that really just introduced me to a whole different world of music because I never really listened to just a whole lot of choir pieces until I got into Miss Leek's um, class. And ever since then, it's just kind of been no turning back. Um, I've gone full choir nerd now, and um, I took a look. A I took one semester of voice lessons my sophomore year of community college because I was technically a, um, I was a voice major for a semester at community college because I had to, you know, swap majors for some kind of convoluted reason in order to get Pell Grant. And, um, you know, that, that was just kind of my first, um, inkling that I may actually want to, you know, do choir at some point, you know, or like teach choir. And, um, and then I tried out for the Mississippi state choir in that spring and the choir director, Dr. Packwood, shout out Dr. Packwood. He'll never listen to this probably, hopefully not. And, (laughs) um, he told me after my audition, he was like, hey, I'll give you this much money if you're a music major, if you're like a vocal major. And so I said, well, I guess I'm a vocal major and the rest is history. And I haven't looked back. I There are some days where I'm like, wow, I really just don't want to do this anymore. Um, but that's not really a, a vocal problem. That's just more of a college of education problem, you know, because things just get so complicated sometimes, so unnecessary. But um, I don't regret it. I don't regret this decision. Uh, I've made a lot of memories in the choir and stuff like that. And I love being a men of state, despite like some of their attitudes. Like some of them just don't take it as seriously as you know they should, because it is honestly an honor, and it's just honestly a really cool experience to be a part of. But uh, for the most part, I have a great time in there. And uh, my first semester here at Mississippi State, I heard State Singers, which is like the top choir. I heard them sing, and I immediately was just enamored with everything that they were doing. Everything that they sung was just top-tier, high-quality music, and their... um, 
their sound was just so polished and so um, engaging. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for here. And I immediately just decided, you know, I want to be able to do that. Like I said, I want to be in that choir. And it took me, what, maybe my fourth year here, it took me just about three years because I couldn't try out that first year. But it took me about three years. And I finally got in. And it was like, what? Like, I don't... Every day, I I struggle with a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, I don't feel like I belong in that choir because they're all just so good. And they're all so nice. Um... Well, I say all of them. The ones that I have dealt with to this point are all just so nice and so cool. And, um, you know, it's just an honor that I get to sing really challenging choral literature that is considered sacred, you know, in certain ways. And I get to sing it at such a level with people that, you know, I look at as being the best of the best. In all honesty, I look at them as being like the best of the best. And, you know, I finally accomplished a goal that I wanted to do in my life before I graduated, you know? And I think that's pretty cool. So that's just, um, it's just kind of a little aside about what I've been up to. Um, another problem with doing this podcast on my own is that I don't know what to talk about. So <laughs> I just kind of ramble until I get done talking about what I'm talking about. Although I will say, maybe I'll talk about this for a second. I have not written a single word of poetry or in my stories in so long. And it's not because I don't want to. Of course I want to. I just don't have the time. And it is so upsetting because I felt like at, at one point that I was so close to, you know, finally hitting a stride. And, you know, I just started taking breaks. And it's so disappointing because I really wanted to get done. I really wanted to, you know have something published before I graduated. And I'm not saying that that won't happen, but I'm just saying that it's quite unlikely that I'll have anything done. Maybe some poetry every now and then. Eventually I can compile a uh, a collection of poetry, which I don't think I'm that bad at, but you know, you never really know with poetry. Beauty's in the eye of the reader. Um... Okay, wait a minute. You do know if you're bad at poetry. You do know. People will tell you. Shout out to Luke Copley, who will never listen to this because he hates podcasts. But I just, um, you know? Yeah, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try to be more committed to writing. A little bit every day because that's something that I really want to get done I really want to um, I really want to have a set goal 
and then do that because I still have dedicated readers, which is so odd to think about. That I shout out to my group of beta readers because they just recently um, texted in the little group chat that we have, and they're like, "When are you sending us more stories?" And I was like, "Man, you guys are wild," because you know I never really think that my stories are that good. I really don't. I think that they're just kind of average at best. You know, I don't think they're that good. But th- I think that's just because, you know, I think about these things so constantly that, you know, and I put them onto a Word document and I constantly read the words over and over again. And the ideas just kind of start to become dull at a certain point that they just don't seem that interesting to me anymore, you know? Now, does that mean that I can't write on them anymore? Yeah, of course I can write on them. Um, It doesn't mean that I don't want to finish the story that I started. It just means that, you know, the idea just doesn't seem that different, that interesting or compelling. And I don't know if that's just like a me thing or if it's a every writer struggles with that same problem of, wow, this is actually not that good. But, you know, when you hand it to somebody, they're like, wow, this is really good. Um, And I'm not saying that everybody is like, wow, your writing is amazing. But I am saying that people are always talking about how it's better than I think it is. And I think that is, um, I think that should say something. That should say something about, you know, the fact that I need to, you know, dedicate more time to finishing these things because there are people that enjoy them. And, um, I don't know, to not be so selfish about, you know, the things that I don't necessarily care about but that other people may. Um, Let's see, what else? What else? Um, I've gotten really into cooking, which I've always been into cooking, but even more recently, I've started to kind of branch out a little bit. Um, I love making lasagna. Lasagna is literally the best food ever created, bar none. Um, I make a pretty mean lasagna, if I do say so myself. And um, I recently made a creamy garlic shrimp pasta with lemon juice, and it was so good. My roommates were like, literally, why don't you cook more often? And I was like, guys, cooking like this takes some preparation, because I was using, like, white wine. Um, You know, I used a whole bag of shrimp. I had to cook the bow tie pasta. I had to make the special Parmesan cheese sauce. Um, And I mean... It turned out so well. I was so pleased with it. And then we ended up not having any leftovers, which was fine by me. I didn't want that to put anything up. But it was like we had the perfect amount left. Um, hopefully you're not hungry listening to this because, you know, I, I apologize. I got into baking there for a minute uh, last semester. I was making, I was trying to make homemade cinnamon rolls, which I still have yet to perfect the recipe yet. But for the most part, they usually turned out kind of all right. Um, 
they never really looked much like cinnamon rolls exactly. I've got to figure out what I did wrong. Um, but every time I do it, I get better. Every time I make the the, the yeast rolls, I get better at it. So maybe um, maybe the the third time will be the charm, or the fourth time. I can't remember exactly how many times I've tried it, but you you, you get the gist. Um, I'm thinking about grad school. I know this is kind of just jumping around all over the place, but um, I'm trying to keep this thing going just a little bit longer because I don't I don't think I like the idea of posting a, a podcast video that's under 15 minutes long. Uh, I'm trying to decide on what I want to do about grad school. If Mississippi State had a year-round uh, program for music education people, I would stay. I would love to stay another year or two. Because if I know me, and I do know me just a little bit, if I know me, I need to stay in school if I'm going to get my master's degree. I need to stay in the school mindset. Because if I take any time off, I am going to procrastinate and I am going to drag my feet on getting back into school to get my master's. But I really want to, you know, I really want to go ahead and get it. But I don't know where to go. I don't know the process of applying. I don't know what I need. And it's kind of tough because nobody's really communicating with me about this. And I don't really have just a whole lot of people to ask. I don't know who to ask for help. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm still trying to get my undergrad because nobody's communicating and nobody is, you know, telling me what I need to know about what I need to turn in when. And in fact, I was just talking about this with some of my friends who are having the same problem. You know, we're all just kind of floating around trying to get through this semester of undergrad before we student teach and you know, nobody is really communicating with anybody and nobody is really making sure that we have what we need. Um, so we're all just kind of confused and frustrated and annoyed. And I understand completely. That's just kind of how it's going right now. Hopefully I can get some of that stuff hammered out this upcoming week. But I know if I'm going to look at grad school, I need to go ahead and like be doing stuff if I, if I didn't already need to have it done. I have a few people that I can t that I can try to talk to. They've just been busy with doing other things, uh, but I know that I that I need to get it done. I've looked at Michigan. I've looked at you know Florida State. I've looked at Kent State, um, Kansas State. I've looked at a few places. I definitely am not going to Oxford. I'm a bulldog through and through. Even though Oxford will probably be the the best decision that I can make the most logical decision that keeps me near home I definitely I just don't want to do that I don't want to live in Oxford I I absolutely despise Oxford Mississippi I just do and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily just me being an MSU person I think that's just me I just don't like Oxford I don't um, I love some of the food that I can get there. Like I love South Depot and I love the square. I, I love being in the square and walking around and like going to the, 
a square bookstore and stuff like that. But Oxford as a city, I don't like you. <laughs> like, as an idea of a city, I just don't like you. Uh, the traffic is awful. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever had just a plain good experience in Oxford. So there's that. I'm not going to grad school in Oxford, Mississippi. I'll go to freaking Montana before I do that. But i that's just kind of what I struggle with. I want to do something close to home. You know, I don't want to leave for more than two years, or for more than three months, for that matter. I don't want to leave the state because I do want to see my family. I, I do want to see my grandpa. You know, he's not getting any younger. I do want to be around my aunts, and I, I do want to see my dad because he's not getting any younger either. You know, he struggles with things every day. Um, and, you know, I live with this constant fear that something's going to happen and nobody will be around, you know, because my sister, she's not at home anymore. Shout out to Kyla, who will probably never listen to this podcast either. Um, because she's not home. She's in Oxford. I mean, she enjoys being in Oxford. That just kind of goes to show how different we are. She she loves being in Oxford. And, um, you know, she goes home every now and then. But, you know, there's really nobody there with my dad. Um, so I just kind of worry what could happen in two years, you know, if I completely just leave the region or even the state for that matter to pursue a, a master's degree. Um, it's just a scary thought. You know. Now, if this was me three years ago, I would never consider this. I would never consider leaving the state. But, you know, as times change, I changed. And I'm kind of just more open to the idea of leaving. You know, and it's not because of anything that my family has done. My family is still the same, the same way. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. If, uh, if things don't change in Mississippi, I don't know if I can, you know, willingly raise a family here. You know, it's just not great. And, I mean, it's not to say that it's any better anywhere else, but I don't know if I can bring, you know, a family up here. with the way that things are not without some some change some some really consequential change and um i love i love mississippi with all my heart but sometimes it just pisses me off it just does things like whether it's the governor or you know a state senator or a representative you know don't even get me started on them oh my god the way that people keep voting for them just because they've been in office for so long. Like, it's just so backwards. And the fact that they don't do anything except vote like against things that actually would help Mississippians. But, you know, it's none of my business. You know, y'all, I think I'm going to run for governor. Well, first, I'm going to run for mayor. I'm going to run for mayor of Boonville. And I... Okay, wait. Let me run this by you guys real quick. And tell me if I'm crazy. Most of you guys know a way to, like, contact me. But ever for about, let's see, how long ago did I have this idea? 
I had this idea um, anywhere between four to five years ago where I was just thinking about how, you know, fast food companies, like fast food restaurants and stuff like that, like McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell and Wendy's, how they throw away food every night because they're not allowed to keep it. You know, they can't store it. They have to throw away food that's already made. And they can't give it out because, you know, company policy dictates that they must sell their food. You know, I I think that's the corporate policy. I don't know. For sure, I have to look it up. But I was thinking, what if mayors contacted corporate companies and the city bought the leftover food and then developed a program to distribute this food to families under the poverty line. That's just my thought process. My thought process was, you know, as soon as I'm mayor of Boonville, which, you know, I'm totally just talking hypotheticals here, that I develop a plan of talking to these companies and seeing if I can, you know, get some kind of communication line going where the city pays for a certain amount of, you know, food waste. Or, like, not food waste, but, you know, food that is going to be thrown away. And buying it and distributing it through a a help program for kids that may go to bed hungry. And it's, it's completely anonymous, like, to sign up or to apply. Because, I mean... If, and there's, I don't really think there needs to be any kind of like checking to see if a person is actually under the poverty line or not. Because if you're coming to get free, stale McDonald's bread, you obviously need it. Like nobody would show up to get food that didn't need it, you know? Like even the the most greedy of people wouldn't show up to get a McDonald's burger that is two hours old and has been sitting underneath the the heat lamp, you know? And I I don't know what problem could arise from that. Maybe I'm too idealistic, but I think that that would be a good idea. And, you know, if there's any future mayors or governors or senators or representatives that want to steal that idea that's listening to this podcast, by all means, take it because... I feel like this could be instituted, you know? I feel like it could be a thing that we do as a society, you know? Like, nobody's going to starve their kids because they're going to get free food at the very end of the day, like at midnight, you know? Or I hope not. That really was an idealistic statement. I hope no one starves their kid because they're going to get food at the end of the day. I would much rather they get, like, a lot of extra food um, from the previous night and then, you know, portion it throughout the day or something like that. But it's just kind of my thought process that I, I want to help people. I, I want people to be able to eat. I want, you know, I want people to be able to live life. I don't feel like that's too much to ask. I don't feel like... You know, wanting kids to go to bed with something in their stomach and not being afraid of 
um, what they have to give up for their family to survive because I've lived that. I have, I've, I've gone through portions of my life where I was like thinking about what I needed to give up so everybody else could have something, you know? And it's not to say that I grew up very poor. I mean, both my parents worked all the time. God bless them for that. You know, my mom, she still works like crazy um, just to support for three to four kids. Um, and, you know, and she's starting up her own business now, which is good for her. That's amazing. I'm proud of her. And she just bought a new house. So, I mean kudos to that woman for that she's one of the strongest people i know but my dad he he can't work he's drawing disability he's been drawing disability since i was in high school but i just remember all the time them working constantly and us barely making it at times and you know it just kind of fell on me whether or not you know it it needed to I don't think it ever needed to fall on me, but it was just kind of, I've never been able to think selfishly since as, as long as I can remember, I've never been able to think selfishly about, you know, wow, I really want to go to the mall or wow, I really want to like, you know, buy this new pair of shoes or I really want this new Nintendo DS. It was all, you know, you know, I think I just had a breakthrough. I don't... <laughs> I think I stopped getting excited about things because, you know, I never wanted anybody to feel like they needed to buy me things, you know? I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but it just, I never, um, I never said what I wanted up until I was like older and I didn't need to worry about it as much anymore. But I always was super self-aware of where we were and, and like financially and stuff. So I never asked for a lot of different things. Um, what was I even talking about to get to this point? Oh yeah, because I have, I've thought about what I've had to give up or what I've chosen to give up so that my family wouldn't, you know, be broke all the time um, because we have struggled financially at times. Even now, I, um, there's still some very hairy moments here and there. And I don't want kids to have to live through that. I don't want, especially if they don't have to, if, if there's anything that anyone can do about it, that needs to be done. And that's the bottom line, because Kazarian, the FME drum major, the FME drum major said so. You know, we need to be doing these things. If, if they can be done, they need to be done. And we need to figure out a way to do them. And I don't think it's that hard. I just think people just don't try. I just think that people in power don't try. I think they're afraid to rock the boat. They're afraid to lose their vote. Wow, that rhymed. Um... I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You get voted out of office? Darn. Go somewhere else and try it again. Like, it's not that hard. Um, you can campaign. You can uh, lobby. 
you can you can make petitions you can protest you can do whatever you don't have to be in that position of power to make change but then again it does help to be in a position of power it does help to be the one that makes these decisions and i'm not saying that i want to be mayor of boomville one day my mom wants me to be mayor of boomville one day shout out to carla for that for that little nugget of inspiration um but I have thought about it. I have definitely thought about it because I feel like I could make real change because I have these ideas. I have these progressive, socially beneficial ideas because I want you know, the place that I grew up to be the best that it can be. Um, this, did not, this did not need to turn into a campaign speech. <laughs> and I seriously doubt that I'll ever boom, be uh, mayor because I want to teach I want to teach I, w- I would love to compose one day I would love to you know be a band director or a choir director or you know anything with the arts because that's just kind of what I love to do I love to sing I love to to teach people how to sing I love to teach people how to play I love to teach marching fundamentals I love to teach stretching I love to um, you know I love to make music I love to be a part of an experience of a spectacle. And that's what's been so cool about being with the FMB and being with, you know, the choir. Um, I recently said this, if the choir, I mean, if the band is um, is a spectacle, which they are, nearly 400 people all blowing into their instruments is definitely a spectacle. Um, If that's a spectacle, then the choir is an experience because it just makes you feel things, you know, that nothing else has ever made me feel. Um, I get emotional in choir performances, which I also get emotional in band performances, but that's a different um, feeling. It's a different emotion of like pride and of reflection. Choir is just beautiful. It's it's like nothing else ev- like ever in the existence. You know, the human voice is just, it has unlimited potential. And it's honestly an honor that I get to take part in it with the people that I do, both the band and the choir. Um, A lot of my best friends are in those groups. So yeah, I don't see myself being mayor one day. But then again, if I was, that's something that I would look at doing because I care about people. Isn't that such a crazy concept? Um, So yeah, this was my episode. I'll do a um, another episode at some point. Couldn't tell you when. Uh, I'll do this infrequently. The only reason I'm doing it right now is because it's Saturday morning and I don't have a game to prepare for. Shout out to the University of Arizona for stealing the football team for a Saturday. Maybe I'll do this again um, next weekend. You know, if I'm still in Starkville, I got to go home at some point. I miss I miss being home. I haven't been home since early August, so. That's something that I want to look at doing sometime soon. With that being said, uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I can't tell you my username right now. Oh, actually, I think I think my username is uh, Kazarian the Public Figure. Let me look. I can look at it. Uh, uh yeah, Kazarian the Public Figure or Kazar at Kazarian Scott. I am on Instagram at username taken underscore three, which most of you already follow me. So thank you for that. 
um, and uh, you know, watch this space because you know, you never know what's gonna pop up. I don't know what's gonna pop up. I may have a guest. I may not. It's just the name of the game. And let me know what you guys would like to, uh, you know, hear. I'm totally open to ideas. Um, super flexible. So just check back in next time. And maybe we'll talk about how Freud didn't have cocaine to kill a small horse.